From high atop Fibush Media World News Headquarters in Rochester, New York, it's the Top of the Tower podcast. We are brought to you by Shively Labs. Shively Labs is a division of Howell Laboratories. Shively is a proud employee-owned company with over 50 years of expert antenna and filter design and manufacturing. And by Yellowtech. For broadcasters, podcasters, and content creators, Yellowtech offers solutions for clean, efficient studios with the Mika mic arms and monitor supports, clear audio from Yellowtech's IXM recording microphone and USB sound cards, along with its compact mixer, the Intellimix. To learn more, go to yellowtech.com. We are back with a new fall season of the Top of the Tower podcast, and we are back from the great state of Texas. After visiting the radio show in Dallas last week, you're going to hear some sound from some of our travels in Texas coming up on upcoming episodes of the Top of the Tower podcast. Coming up on this week's podcast, we have a uh, surprise conversation with a visitor to the area. We had Josh Bone from Bone Broadcast and Max Connect up this way in upstate New York. We'll hear from him in a few minutes. First, however, a few thoughts about the radio show that just wrapped up before it uh, recedes too far into history. For a show with only about 2,000 people, the show really kind of packs a punch. There are uh, a lot of important people who show up every year at the radio show. Next year, of course, it will be in Nashville, Tennessee, always one of our favorite cities, and already looking forward to that one. But in Dallas at the Hilton Anatole, there was a lot going on to uh, hear and to talk about. It was described by one colleague of mine as having been a a very realistic show, and I think there is some truth to that. Uh, It was a show that uh, acknowledged this year that radio is more than just linear broadcasting and that all of us who work in the business really have to be attuned to all the different ways in which audio content is produced and distributed. You could see it as soon as you walked in, the big banners uh, proclaiming ABC Audio instead of ABC Radio. Uh, the back of the program booklet that declared CBS audio and not just CBS radio news. But the session content, too, there was a lot about podcasting. There was uh, a lot about all these different forms of content distribution out there. Uh, the HD radio folks were on the floor with their car, which was playing back uh, a recording of the RF from uh, WWFD in Maryland. That, of course, is the uh, test broadcaster for all digital AM radio. You heard our visit there back in March on the podcast. We're hoping to get back down there again this winter uh, and hear them in person now that they're running a new transmitter and a a new algorithm that allows them to broadcast in stereo. Uh, We got to hear a little of that in the back seat of the car, and it sounded pretty good for what it was. Uh, And there were some interesting conversations that maybe you'll hear more about publicly later about broadcasters who are looking at that uh, technology very seriously. Again, not as the savior for anything, not as something that's going to completely turn around AM radio, but simply as one tool in a larger toolbox of things that uh, will keep the medium chugging along maybe for a few years longer. We stopped along the way at some places that celebrated the history of broadcasting. Uh, we'll talk in a later episode of the podcast with Ch- a podcast with Chuck Conrad about uh, his phenomenal uh, Museum of Texas Broadcasting History uh, over in Kilgore in East Texas, which we had the chance finally long-awaited visit uh, over there and to talk to uh, to him and see that wonderful collection, and uh, we will have him on the podcast in the near future talking about that because that was a pretty remarkable experience to get to see that. There were honors, of course, for broadcasters from all over the country. We were uh, particularly pleased to see uh, our friends at Hofstra University on Long Island get named Best College Station for uh, WRHU at Hofstra University, but uh, there were a lot of good broadcasters who took home 
Uh, some very nice uh, crystal obelisks from the Marconi Awards ceremony, too. Always a nice chance for broadcasters to celebrate the work that they do out there. So a lot to talk about in uh, upcoming weeks on the podcast. You'll be hearing uh, more about that. You'll be hearing from us, too, and seeing us in person, uh, especially if you are at the next NAB-sponsored event. That would be NAB New York and the AES Audio Engineering Society Conference. That takes place in just a few weeks in New York City, and uh, I will be there moderating a panel discussion uh, about emergency preparedness for broadcasters with some of my favorite experts on that topic. Hopefully you can make it to New York City, and if not, we will be reporting from there as well on the Top of the Tower podcast. In the meantime, though, uh, every once in a while, we have fellow broadcasters who make it up this way, and so it was just this week, as a matter of fact, uh, when we happened to notice that uh, our friend Josh Bone from down in Alabama was back up in his native northeast. He, of course, is uh, is from central Pennsylvania originally and uh, was back up this way doing some contract work at a TV station up on a hilltop above Syracuse. That was all the excuse we needed to hop in the car and take a little drive on what turned out to be a uh, rare, surprising, nearly 90-degree sunny day in early October in western and central New York. So we headed over there and caught up with Josh for a a wide-ranging conversation standing out in the sunshine behind a uh, recently removed UHF TV antenna out on the grounds of this transmitter site, talking about all sorts of things that he has been up to, including the radio station that he owns these days down there in northern Alabama. Josh Bone, welcome to my neck of the woods. Well, hello there. How are you doing, Scott Feiblish? A sunny day. It's over eighty in October in upstate New York. I'll take this. Oh, this is the this is the norm. This is cool for Alabama. It's a record high ninety seven degrees in Birmingham today. Glad I'm not there. Yeah, no kidding. So let's talk a little bit about some of the various things you're doing. And before we get into some of the technology stuff, you are a radio station owner now. I am. I am the proud owner of uh, WIEZ in Decatur, Alabama. Uh, the call letters of the first station that I used to work for in Lewistown, Pennsylvania, and uh, we're putting the station back together the way it was in the 90s, the way I remember it. So I'm uh, we're exci- I'm excited to do that. So where do you stand in the process? Um, we're on. We're operating. We're tweaking the format, updating the imaging. Jim Merkel's doing the voiceover for us. Um, you know, and basically getting out, trying to get out in the community and get people to realize we're there. So. You're up against some bigger players there. Yeah, we're focusing primarily on Decatur as opposed to the greater Huntsville Metro. Um, that's where pretty much every other station in the market is. They're all going for the, the overall Metro dollars, but we, our signal is concentrated to Decatur, so we're coming at it from a different perspective, trying to get advertisers that wouldn't normally advertise on the radio because they don't care if they get you know, customers that from or customers in Huntsville hear them or Hampton Cove that's, you know, 40 miles away, you know, restaurants, local furniture stores, stuff like that. They want Decatur business. So that's what we can offer them. So I'm not looking to get rich. It's just, you know, a good way to serve the community and to carry on the heritage of what I've been doing for way too long. What's the what's the facility? As far as frequency. Power. Oh, uh, 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 1490 a.m. Kilowatt non-D full-time, 250-watt translator on 94.7. Um, center of radiation is around 415 feet. Well, that's not bad at all. Right along the river, and um, we're on the second highest tower in Morgan County. So it's a, it's a bit of a blowtorch. So pretty, uh, pretty happy with the coverage, and we've got good penetration in downtown and the business areas of Decatur. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good facility. 
Nice. Good luck with that. Obviously, you are uh, on the road doing projects here, there, and pretty much everywhere. I am on. I, I got a phone call last night from a friend of mine that I haven't talked to in about nine years. And I, Paul and I were going to dinner, and I phone rang, and I'm like, who is this? And I picked it up, and I'm like, hey, man. He's like, hey. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I just want to know, why are you never home? <laughs> I said, well... He's like, you just posted you're in Syracuse, New York, and yesterday you were in Pennsylvania, and and like two weeks ago you were in Minnesota, and what what are you doing? I said, I, I got to go where the money is, man. <laughs> I believe you drove all the way up here from Alabama. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, we did it in two days. We left yesterday morning, and no, not yesterday morning, the day before, and drove to Pennsylvania, uh, spent the night with my family, then drove up here yesterday, worked half the day, working today. Driving back to Pennsylvania tomorrow, and then driving back to Alabama on Friday. So, still in the Marty business? Yeah, still doing Marty's. Uh, it's getting harder and harder. Parts are getting harder to come by. Um, we get a lot of Marty's that have really goofy problems, and you know we're but we're still doing the best we can. There's still a couple of others that are doing them, but I think we probably do the most of anybody now. Uh, we, we've got quite a quite a uh, parts stock from dead units because there's lots of stuff that have come in that hasn't been able we haven't been able to fix so we just salvage the parts out of it. So I thought of you when I was down grabbing legal IDs as I was traveling through Texas and grabbing the ones out of Cleburne. Oh yeah, that's yep. Spent some time there. Very uh, very proud to say that I spent two nights in George Marty's guest house. Got to ride around with him and his gator and help him feed his ducks and his chickens. So that was uh, one of the highlights of my life. So he was a heck of a guy. So for stations that don't want to keep an old Marty alive and are trying to find a better way to get signals back remotely without having to deal with the kind of congestion that you get when cellular networks get overloaded, this is the other thing that you're up to now with Max Connect. Yeah, we uh, hook two cans together on a string, and that's that's how we do it. Yeah, it's it, it's a special string. That's the big thing. It's a special string. QoS string. Made of special over-magical beans. Now, Max Connect is, uh, is our wireless product that was in development for quite a few years. Um, we showed it at NAB in 2018, and uh, it caught the attention of... Uh, uh, Kirk Harnack and Chris Tobin, and they kind of brought it to the public eye, and we've been steadily growing it. Uh, the The big thing on it is we've gotten a higher level of priority on uh, on the carrier networks, so we get we get higher priority than your consumer grade cellular stuff, and that gives us the edge in congested environments. It gives us an edge in remote sites. Um, we can pull in signal with you know some some relatively inexpensive directional antennas from, you know, 15, 20 miles away. Um, every uh, every SIM or, or modem or router comes with static IP. That's standard. There's nothing extra. That's key if you're doing site monitoring or anything like that. And, um, you know, we've got quite a few customers that are using them for remotes. They can, you know, you can get a SIM from us. You can get a router from us. You know, if you want to just stick it in your, stick it in your codec. Just get a SIM and stick it in your codec. We can do that. If you want to get a full router set up where literally you get it, plug it in, wait three minutes for it to connect, connect your computer to it, and off you go, we can do that too. Um, we also have a new product called MaxPhone, which is a, uh, a POTS replacement working over VoIP. It's nothing, nothing super magical, but it's a managed solution. It's uh, 18 bucks a month. 
So if you've got a $150 POTS line at your transmitter site that the phone company can't keep up or doesn't want to keep up. or well, that never happens anymore. Never, never. No, the phone company never steals your pair. Pedestals never get flooded, never. ever. Um, this can plug into your Max Connect or any internet connection. It registers to a cloud-based SIP server. Um, we get you a local number, well, local-ish number based on availability. Um, but To the extent that even matters anymore. Well, it, I mean, for transmitter sites, if you've got operators calling it, it kind of matters. But, you know, overall, it's, it's not like it was with long distance and cross-ladder dialing and things like that. But it's been, uh, it's something that we've been rolling out. We've, we had a couple of test units out for a while. We're still testing different types of ATAs to see if we can find any that are better than others. But overall, we've tested it with all the major remote controls, and it will even dial out on a sign. Really? That's yeah. that's a feat. That's uh, yeah, with its um, fake uh, uh, fake function generator function generated DTMF tones, um, but it will it will dial out reliably on a sign. So. Now, without giving away any trade secrets, that must have been some negotiating with with the wireless carriers. <laughs> To get that, I mean, that that's not something where you just go into the Verizon store down the street and say, hey, we'd like to, to pay for this. Two and a half years. Um, I probably went through at least 50 different people and probably 30 different departments, and everyone told me, you, you, we don't do this. I'm like, I you do do it. I know you do. No, no, we don't do that. I'm like, okay, well, maybe you should talk to this guy. Okay, fine. So I'd write their name down, stick it on the wall, wait a week. <laughs> call them, get a, get the runaround from them. One day I just happened to get a guy and he's like, wow, that sounds really cool. I'm like, yeah. He's like, y- you're, you're doing it for broadcasters. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, can you help me with it? No, <laughs> but I know this other guy can. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'll have him call you. I'm thinking, sure. Right. Two hours later, my phone rings. Hey, so-and-so told me to call you. You want to do something with broadcasters? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can help you with that. I'm like, Wow, okay. And then, you know, we kind of went from there. And people have asked me, they're like, you know, what's the secret? How did you get this? I said, apparently I'm the most patient SOB on earth. Because it was literally just years of calling and calling and trying not to get angry. And, okay, hang up, put it on the wall, call the next week. And that was that was what we did, and it paid off. So, because I've had people ask me, you know, well, why doesn't anybody compete with you? I said, because nobody had that much time to kill, apparently. Is all so, one carrier under the hood? No, it's uh, Verizon and AT&T right now. We're working on T-Mobile. Um, they were hesitant to do anything with us at first because they were still working out their deal with Sprint. And I just haven't caught back up with them since that all got figured out because, well, I've been a little busy at Tower Sites. So, but no, that's on the list. I hopefully have something in place with them for the end of the year. So it's we do have the carrier diversity, which makes it nice because we do have some customers who are running um, a dual modem setup. So if they want the reliability at the site, especially if they're using it for a full-time STL, mm-hmm. if you get any of the modern IP codecs, anything from Tyline, uh, Tyline, Comrex, APT, whatever, they all have some ability to aggregate the streams. And if you have both carriers, both of them have a static IP. So you can actually aggregate that stream. And based on the calculations that we've done and the testing that we've done, you can actually surpass the five nines of reliability that T1s used to have. Wow. Not to mention you can't get a T1 anymore to see. Uh, then good luck finding somebody that can fix one. The SLA used to be like six hours. Now you're lucky if you can get it fixed in six days. So One area in Rochester where we're kind of unique having not been a Bell area. 
Frontier, which is 20 years behind everybody else. Still, <laughs> we can still get T1s. We can't talk to anybody else, anybody anywhere else with them, but we can still get them. How does, as, as we begin the transition over to 5G, how, how's that going to change things? Um, probably not, not for us. Um, 5G is not a replacement for 4G. 5G will run in parallel with 4G. 4G does everything we need it to do. No one, none of the carriers have defined a sunset date for 4G. There's, uh, I can't remember who it was. One of them put out a tentative date, which was like, you know, end of the year 2029 or something like that. Because 5G's technology, as much as the carriers are rolling it out, it's still highly experimental. The frequencies that they're using for the high capacity stuff go 60 feet. I mean, it's not something that's ever going to be widespread based on the current incarnation of it. So by the time 5G or whatever the replacement for 5G is comes out to replace 4G, all of our hardware will be, you know, well past end of life and probably replaced with something that will be capable of doing whatever the next technology is. We're stuck. I mean, I'm trying to stay on top of that with carriers. You know, I've discussed it with all my reps and they've all said, you know, you're not in danger of a sunset for, you know, probably at least another seven to nine years. I'm like, okay, that sounds good to me. So yeah, you know, the, the, all the hype now, it's just marketing. There's no real legitimacy to it. It sounds like with that kind of distance, you have to have a carrier pretty much already at your site with service anyway. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, uh, you know, well, right now it's funny because, you know, I tell people there's a there's a spot on the order form that says, you know, do you have a carrier co-located at the fixed location where this will be installed? If so, which carrier? And most people circle no or I don't know, and I have to do the research and figure it out. But I had two of them that got installed in Washington, D.C., and the first one I sent up there, and it went out to FedEx Field with the Redskins. And I get a call during the game from the chief engineer. He's like, hey, man, your, your Max Connect's all screwed up. I'm like, what do you mean? I remember this. It was last August because I was sitting in a hotel room in Florida. And he's like, well, it, it connects, and it works fine for like five minutes. And then it disconnects, and the modem reboots, and... You know, I and I, I don't know what it's doing. And then it comes up and it works for five more minutes. And I logged into it and I saw this error message that said fatal modem shutdown. I'm like, what is that? And so I, so I logged into it and I looked. I, I, did, I was just about to ask him what his RSSI level was. And I logged in. And LTE, typically LTE on your phone is like minus 90 to minus 110. Mm-hmm. On a MaxConnect router... It's usually about minus 70 because you've got the high gain antennas. Max Connect is highest between or, or is happiest between minus 45 and minus 85. Below minus 85, it gets kind of squirrely. It'll still work, but your speeds are degraded and it sometimes cuts in and out. Above minus 45, it goes into a mode called fatal modem shutdown <laughs> because you're overdriving the front end of the radio. I logged in. His signal level was at minus 26. <laughs> and I'm going, are you literally sitting on top of a cell tower? He's like, well, kind of. I said, what? Can unscrew the antenna well, from I, the back? Of the- well, I said, where are you? He said, well, I'm at FedEx Field, and Verizon built the antennas into the stadium. I said, where? He's like, well, on the press box level. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> so I said, okay. I said, disconnect the antennas. He's like, what? I said, just disconnect the antennas. 
he did that. Well, that only dropped it like 6 dB. Like, oh, come on. I said, it's not going to work tonight. He said, well, what can we do? I said, I'll send you 20 dB attenuators for each antenna. So we sent him 20 dB attenuators, and he took it out to the next the next game out there. I'm going to ship you a metal box to and put it inside. <laughs> it's just like, what? So I, I sent it out there, and he put the attenuators on it, and it brought it down to minus 46. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You're in the clear. Just don't get any closer to any rays. And he's like, okay. And then we went up and built out a translator for him last December. And he got one for there. He said, just bring it along and put it in when you get there. I'm like, okay. So I get there and I hook it up. I turn it on. I light it up. It's at minus 28. I'm like, dude, what is it with you and this colo stuff? And he's like, oh, sorry. So I didn't have any attenuators with me. So I was digging around at that site and found a box of abandoned components and found 220 dB SM8 and put those on, and it's been working fine. But I'm like, yeah, I'm adding this to the order form. I need to know. So, but yeah, that's you never hear about your oh, you never hear about your phone being overdriven. Yeah. But it's real easy to overdrive a cradle point. That's yeah, and they get real mad when you do it. So, are there mobile applications to this too? Um, yes, it, it, we don't recommend. A bee just hit me in the neck. Um, we don't recommend um, trying to do a live continuous broadcast while you're flying down I-95. Um, I've had people try to do it, but it's you you you. It's a more challenging word to a broadcast engineer that we do not recommend. Yeah, I know, but it's it's one of those things where when you change cells, the data doesn't stop but you will get hiccups because you're transitioning from cells. And we all know the dreaded bad handoff of which I've experienced a lot of lately. So I keep one mounted in my vehicle and I'll test it. I'll, I'll put a constant ping on it just to see what happens. And then I watch as the signal kind of goes up and down as we change cells. And yes, there, when you're changing cells that you do drop packets. So from a fixed standpoint, it's okay. If you're stationary doing a remote, it's okay. If you're mobile, you know, you can use it in a vehicle for internet purposes and stuff like that. But if you're trying to do constant audio or video, your your mileage may vary. So, so this is two X's and a K. Where do people find you if they're interested? Uh, you can go to bonebroadcast.com which will link you directly to the MaxConnect page. That's bohnbroadcast.com. Or if you don't want to mess with our site, you can just go to maxconnectwireless.com with two X's and a K. So that's, uh, or you can come to Chelsea, Alabama and say, hey, I want to buy MaxConnect. You know what, this winter when it's snowing up here where we're standing, there's six feet of snow instead of just nice it'll open be, green fields. And it'll be 50 degrees in Chelsea, Alabama. And y'all think it's summer. So. <laughs> Josh Bono, let's get back to work. Thanks so much. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate you stopping by. So, again, always a pleasure to catch up with our friend Josh Bone. And, again, you can uh, see more of what he's up to at bonebroadcast.com and learn about the Max Connect. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Top of the Tower podcast. We will be right back here next week. Uh, with a conversation that we had down in Texas on the way to the radio show 
uh, with Ben Downs, one of the most innovative small and medium market broadcasters out there at Bryan Broadcasting in College Station, Texas. And you will hear all about what he is up to down there and how he succeeds and thrives and makes a national name for himself in a not very big market and kind of an out-of-the-way part of Texas. That is coming up next week on the Top of the Tower podcast. Hope you will join me then. We are brought to you by Yellowtech. For broadcasters, podcasters, and content creators, Yellowtech offers solutions for clean, efficient studios with the Mika mic arms and monitor supports. Clear audio from Yellowtech's IXM recording microphone, which is what we used for our interview with Josh Bone, and its USB sound cards, along with its compact mixer, the Intellimix. To learn more, go to yellowtech.com. And by Shively Labs. Shively Labs is a division of Howell Laboratories. Shively is a proud employee-owned company with over 50 years of expert antenna and filter design and manufacturing. Back next week with more from the Top of the Tower podcast. Talk to you then.